I'm Drea. I'm Meg. I'm Tina. And I'm Jess. And this is Pardon My Stash. Welcome to Pardon My Stash, a podcast about knitting the fiber arts and how awesome it is. Before we delve into this week's topics, let's share what we're working on now. Meg. Well, this is a this is a tentative dive into what I'm hoping is going to be uh, my Rhinebeck top, not sweater. I am knitting Sun Drop by Laura Ayler of Fogbound Knits. It is a short sleeve sweater top. I went back and forth on a lot of different choices. I ended up on this one. Um, it's the first time I'm knitting a raglan top, which is kind of fun. Ooh. Yeah, and Maybe. I am knitting it out of Dragon Horde yarn. Um, their gnome tweed nice. fingering in the colorway fairy yule tree. It is a blue green tweed. Nice. So it is right now I have I'm just working on the kind of the yoke and uh we'll see where it goes. I'm I'm hoping that it comes out okay. Drea. I'm still plugging away on the Akemi shawl by Isabel Kramer. In jeans. Faded jeans. <laughs> jeans. <laughs> Silver Moon Fiber Arts fingeringly in jeans. No. In jeans. <laughs> Tina. I am still working on my swatches for my master gauge sheet. So I have gotten the fingering weight swatch done. I have gotten the DK swatch complete and I am currently working on the worsted swatch so I did the fingering weight in a size 2 needle I did the DK weight in a size 7 needle and I did the I'm doing the worsted in a size 9 um, on purpose because um, I like my stuff to be a little bit airy especially the be I don't know why but I like my little stuff not to be as tight so I kind of like how it came out. It's like, it's it's still fitted, but it's not incredibly tight. Um, whereas like this two is a little tight. I might redo the two. We'll it see. so good though. It yeah. does look good. They both look amazing. So I realized I had a bulky weight skein from Critical Hit. And I am going to wind that up with my Swift, my fancy Swift that's been getting a lot of traction on the social medias right now. It's a squirrel cage Swift. And it is amazing and I love it and it's phenomenal. And um, I will wind that one up and I will do a swatch of that one as well because I realized that the bulky that I have on my gauge sheet is discontinued and that doesn't make any sense to have. So I'm going to swap the Lion brand with, since I'm sticking with Critical Hip for everything else, I'll do Critical Hip for the bulky. <laughs> and then the, the super bulky I'll keep in the hometown because it's a pretty relatively uh, popular and available yarn. Jess, what are you working on? I'm kind of between projects right now because, I mean, I finished the I Am Dragon 2 call. I have to uh, block it, but I need time because it's a steam block and that takes a while and I haven't been able to uh, find a chunk of time to do that in yet, so that's waiting for that. But uh, otherwise, there's a couple days left before I can start the make-along project, so I don't want to start that yet. So right now, I am cast on a crochet project, and I had seen, like, 
on sale uh, dice bags that look like potion bottles. And I really liked making mini potion bottles. So I'm going to try and make a big dice bag potion bottle. So we'll see. And I may lose interest in a couple days, but... Um, <laughs> That's fair. But that again, that is my current in-between projects. Uh, we're going we're gonna to mess around with this and see what happens. Yeah, I have to also come up with a make-along project. But I really... Um, you had mentioned that someone is doing this like octopus one. Oh my gosh. Now, now I want to be like super ambitious and do the octopus one, but I know sure. I won't, I know I won't finish it. I know I won't. I it's, absolutely hundred percent know I won't. I'm not going to lie. Knitter, know thyself. I will not finish that. I will start and I will be like, I made a terrible decision. You're funny. <laughs> <laughs> so also it looks like it's in fingering weight. So not, not about that life. Um, not uh, about that life. Not about that life. But speaking of the make along, uh, if you want to learn more about that, you can check out our how to get involved page on our website. Um, Signups are going until April 1st, and that will be our cast on day for that. And it'll go all the way to September 1st. Um, and by the end of that, if you've done the signups uh, and have um, submitted your project pictures, progress pics, um, and finished project picture, uh, you'll get sent out like some fun promo codes and whatnot for different things in our shop and from our creators here. So have a look at that. Um, if you want to see pictures of the current projects that we have just been talking about or get more information about Part of My Stash in general, uh, check out our website at partofmystash.com for info, pics, patterns, yarns, and all of that good stuff. Mystery box, mystery box. What's inside the mystery box? Hey, mystery box time. So uh, the thing that I have decided that I wanted to look up and get into and talk about today is increased stitches and decreased stitches. Ooh. Because I think someone brought it up a while ago and yes. I... I actually did start looking into it and then I got distracted and then I came back to it. Then I got distracted, but <laughs> I decided today was the day. <laughs> We're going to look at it. Let's do it. I'm ready. Get on me. There are actually a lot more ways to increase and decrease than I, I thought there were. And I wrote down some, but they get really like intense. So what I actually did is I took down um, the links to the blog post of a woman that put together a list um, and their thing is called Nimble Needles, but the links will be on the blog. Um, so you can look that up later. So what I'm going to do is go over like some of my favorite ways to do it. And if all of y'all want to chime in with your favorite ways to do them and then some of the other more well-known ones and then maybe throw in there some of the like ones that I looked at, I was like, I did not know that that was a thing. And that is really cool. But when you get base, like down to basics, the main ones I think you see as far as increasing go, you get your, your yarn over, your make one, and then your make one left and make one right. And then kind of thrown in there. I don't see it as often, but it might depend on the patterns you look at. You'll get your knit front and backs. That's my favorite. Um, I like the knit front and back. I love knit front and back. It's so easy. It's easy, and, but know, I don't like the stitch that comes out of it. But you don't need to remember which way you got to twist it. 
left mm. or right. It's always the when same. When you're working with working with bulkier yarns, it looks funky. I don't like it. This is true. Fair. This mm. is true. Fair. See, I mean, I that doesn't sound like, like a problem for me because I don't work with bulky yarns. No, if you work with like a fingering <laughs> or a DK or, or lace or whatever, like Drea loves, um, you would, <laughs> hey. you um, will definitely not see the knit front and back. You, you no. won't. Lace this little yarn bar. over is kind of your big one for lace that because you get your eyelet out of your yarn over. So yeah. um, a lot of lace patterns do that. My favorite is actually make one left or right. Um, I like doing those. I tend to forget which way is yep, which before I, I like start, it. but as soon as I, I look, I, I remember it for for usually the rest of it, so long as I don't put it down for an extended period of time. Um, I always also, have to make a note on my pattern which way to make it. Which way to go. Like, like either front or back. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Same. Um, Every time. <laughs> yep. There's also the make one stitch, which a lot of people default it to the make one left stitch. Um but when I read it um, in here, they said the the one difference they do is usually when you make one left, like, and I don't, I knit through the back loop of that stitch that I make. For make one, um, they said you're supposed to knit through the front of it instead, and it makes it a more centered stitch rather than as much of a leaning. Um, yeah, because if you don't do the twist for the right, then it's there's no right. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's how they they kind of differentiate that. I usually just default it to the make one left though. So, um, I'm personally what? a fan of the left and right lifted increase. Yep. Which is the least obvious in my opinion. Oh yeah. It doesn't, you don't really see it. It's, it you, can use it on, you can't do a make one left or right on the end of a, pattern because you use the bars to do those yeah that's fair and um but but the lifted one yeah you can you can kind of do that um from anywhere mm -hmm. so that that does make that one a a better option um uh they said another one that's that's almost invisible is a, a knit left loop which i had never heard of before and I've heard of that. Yeah. And I looked up how to do that. And it's basically, it's like you do it through the leg of a stitch. Um, and again, the links are going to be on there because it's hard to explain it without the pictures. And it's a very yeah. good post because they have the pictures and they have video attachments too, which is kind of neat if you want to give them a try. But um, they did show a picture of like the project used with that. And it is a pretty, um, a pretty invisible stitch. It's actually, it, it does like um, look, pretty good knit front and back is is one of your uh one of your staples as well um and they also did um you could like knit because it it creates a bar i guess it creates another bar when you do the knit front and back yep. they actually had a way to get rid of that bar and that is you knit through the front but then you slip the back and that you don't knit the back, so you don't get that extra bar. And I never thought of doing that, but it makes sense because you still get the same number of stitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The only issue, and they and they bring it up, the only issue is that you do want to make sure you're not kind of stacking all of those. Yeah, that's the other issue with that. But general. a lot of the time, you've got to be careful of stacking your increases and decreases anyway. Otherwise, you'll kind of get a very... Um, if you want it invisible, because you'll get a, 
it'll be obvious. You'll start to see them if you're stacking them up. So that was, that was, I thought that was kind of interesting that you could kind of get rid of that, that extra bar in Same there. Same with short rows. If you like, that's why people don't stack oh, short yeah. rows either. Cause it's, it'll be really, really it'll obvious. Be really obvious. Yeah. yeah. Um, and there were a couple more in there. Like uh, there's the, the backward loop increase and. Okay. Um, wait, hold on. Hold on. Is that really an increase or is that somebody just going, okay, you know what? I forgot a stitch. <laughs> no, <laughs> one of the legs. Again, I was like looking at all of them and I was like, these are actually really interesting. No, the backward loop, isn't it? Like, don't you do a backward no, loop to backward cast on for an armpit? That's a backwards loop cast on. Yes. Oh, 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 okay. Sorry. Yeah. I was, I thought you were talking. Sorry. My no, because I, I, I forgot we're talking increases, decreases. Continue. <laughs> No, no, there's, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm doing the increases, decreases within, not like casting on, which is also a thing you can do, uh, casting on within the project, which, um, both of my dragon shawls needed that, so, but that I count as like a separate kind of additional cast on and not the increase, decrease, so I didn't even look at stuff that did that, um, and another one that I, that I actually have used, um, usually only in shawls is the make two. And they usually do that somewhat like in the center of a shawl because it makes a pretty mm -hmm. obvious, which can be very pretty if you if you do it right. But um, it is definitely not an invisible stitch. So, and these are just like, I don't know, what was that? Like six or seven different types. There was like a list oh, I'm of sure. like so many other ones. And it, so it was really interesting. So if you're like trying to make patterns or looking for like, a stitch that might work better. Um, they also had had ones where like, I didn't even realize there were different leanings of these stitches. They had how you would like change a left leaning um, increase to a right leaning increase, um, which was interesting if you kind of, you know, you're trying to make it even on either side of the project. So I was like, it was a really cool read. Um, so if that's something people are interested in and you know, it doesn't, it, you know, you're looking at your project. It's like, okay, it just tells me to do a random increase and I want to choose the best one. Like you could take a look and see if any of those work for you. Um, decreases. It didn't seem like there were as many options. I feel like doing the decreases, but there are still way more than I thought there would be. Um, like there there's my favorites again are the knit two together or the slip slip knit. Those are the two I usually old reliable go to the nice reliable. You pure. can pearl together too. Come on. Come on. Yep, yep there's a pearl two together. That's three. Um, <laughs> there is because I think pearl two together is left leaning. I'm pretty sure they do have a way to do a right leaning, which I didn't know was a thing and I kinda wish I knew before because that that was another thing in my in the dragon projects where I was like, I feel like there could be another leaning stitch here. Um and I didn't know it at the time. But so that was that was kind of interesting. Um I'm a big fan of the um the double decrease. Center double, yeah. Center double. I, I like that. the center double decrease. Yeah. Um that's that is that one is really nice. Even if you see it, it kinda it blends well. Yeah. There's also like the slip knit Passover or yep. the slip slip knit, you know, there's that, that one is, and, and those, the, those were the, uh, five I was familiar with, with looking at this, this list of, um, decreases. There were a ton of other ones. There were a few where I was looking at and I have no idea how they even discovered them because it seems so complicated, but then the picture of it looked really nice. So I could see why they would want to do that at the same okay. time. All right. 
you knit, then you sacrifice your firstborn. Then <laughs> you have to do this between the bar, and you have to hold the needle so close together because if you breathe wrong, all your skin <laughs> will fall off. But it looks great, and at the same time, I'm like, I think I would just do a pearl two together there because <laughs> I would not have the patience. So those are different ones that we knew about. And then again, we'll post a whole list of um, other ones you can look into and see if you like any of them. Who knows? You may find one you never knew existed that ends up working out fantastic for you. There is like a couple too um, with Brioche. Uh, Brioche has its own. They um, had a couple in there for Brioche. Yeah. Um, I don't do Brioche, so it was like reading Latin for me, but... <laughs> yeah, so with the barks and the burps, because that's what it really is, with the barks and the burps, you can increase and decrease. And it's honestly this, like, it's the same as a basic knit together and a basic make one left, make one right. The difference is that you have to deal with two strands. Mm. That's really it. So there's like an extra step, but like for the most part, for the no most part, it's the same motion. So it's just, it's just understanding the extra step in between that you have to deal with. So nice. if you see that, if you see like, like literally it says BRK or BRP, that's brioche. So just, if you're not doing brioche, just like ignore that. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, in a lot of patterns, you can kind of, if one turns out to be too hard, you can usually substitute depending on how complicated the pattern it is sometimes a uh, different look just does not turn out right but but yeah i feel like it's one of those things see if you can learn the new stitch if they call for it otherwise like do what's comfortable yeah there's definitely say like right and wrong but it's really there really isn't like it's just it's just a different way it's gonna look so once you've done it, so if you're trying to, like Jess said, if you're trying to go for a certain type of look, then yeah, you got to stick with that stitch. But if you really don't care, like for, especially with like hats and stuff that are like solids and you're just like, whatever, you're just, yeah. just plus I really love the way a incrementally decreasing top of a beanie looks with a bunch of knit togethers. It's just so cute that you get these little like curves. A little swirl. And I love, yeah. I love it's the swirl. really nice in the design. Like yeah. it does. All right. And for this week's topic, we're going to talk about um, how to deal with negativity about your craft from others or from yourself. If you get that kind of, you know, nasty little voice in your head every once in a while telling you that, you know, you should stop or your stuff sucks or any of that. And how do you deal with that when those those days or those periods of time crop up? I definitely have those moments generally uh, after I make a mistake. Ooh, when it goes in timeout. When it goes in timeout. And I mean, Jess watches me every time I screw up. I joke about how I go through literally the five stages of grief every time I screw up a project. And it, it's just really bad. Like... <laughs> What, what's the five stages? I always forget. It's wait, what? It, the there's, first is um, what? There's denial, um, anger, bargaining, despair, and then acceptance. <laughs> so you're bargaining with it? Like, listen. Well, my bargaining like, is usually, Jess, can you please fix this? Can you figure out what? Can you figure out what I did wrong? <laughs> no, literally, every time I make like a, ba- a bad mistake, I generally, that's, that's literally exactly like, first I'm like, no, nah, that's not so bad. And I just keep knitting. 
And then I start getting mad at myself. I'm like, you're so stupid. How did you do? How did you screw that up? And then I asked Jess to look at it. And then I like usually go into the pits of despair of like, oh my God, I have to go back. I got to frog all this. And then I just, you know, put on my big girl pants and do it. Um, so I really do hit all five. Sometimes the bargaining is for me and it's me going, just let me look at it. Just let me, let me look at it real quick. Maybe I can figure it out. <laughs> Cause I'm like, no, it's going in the trash. <laughs> I don't think I go through that many stages. I think I just get to, well, that's wrong. <laughs> and then usually that's followed with, do I have the energy to deal with this today? Most of the time the answer is no. And then I'll just pick it up again another day. I, I actually don't think that I've ever like gotten down on myself about like being a bad knitter or like being a bad crafter or, or not being good enough. I feel like that speaking from like that kind of social media perspective is really easy to get that way, especially um, like I literally just posted a reel about that th- like today about how like people see my yarn and if you're not like a fiber artist, they're literally like, holy. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, like that's my, and they're like, wow, that's all yours. And I'm like, yeah. And that's not even all of it. Yeah. And they're like, wow. But like, I feel like if somebody had like, I don't know, a stamp collection or like something more innocuous that like you could kind of like put in a book and like put away, it doesn't take as much space. Like, I feel like. Yeah. Stash kind of takes up a lot of space. Yeah. So. I don't know. I feel like sometimes I get down about that sometimes, but then I laugh because I'm just like, well, you know, this this is my hobby. This is what I'm going to do. And I think that this is pretty timely um, because my coworker was talking about this and I've noticed that it's a lot more common to receive a lot of negativity from people outside of yourself and even um, from within the knitting community. One of my coworkers just recently started taking knitting classes at a community center. And her first class, she had such a negative experience. She almost didn't pick up the needles again. Well, that Um, was a terrible teacher. Yeah, she told me about it. Um, She was very negative. She was very harsh. She had a lot of first-time knitters who had never held needles before. She was just hypercritical, not very helpful. And the only thing that she really had to say about it was, well, knitting's not for everybody. Which it's a lie. Knitting is for everybody because when everybody starts knitting, you suck. Yeah. Everybody sucks. Everybody sucks well, when they start because you don't anything, have the muscle memory. Anytime you start doing anything, you suck at it. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's just human nature. Yeah. But I also think that the end goal for going to a teacher and, and taking a class should be that you want people to continue the craft when they leave the class. Right. One would think. And it makes me really sad that there are people in the knitting community that are not very supportive of um, new knitters and new crafters. Well, and, and there's also that idea of like, I think you, some people who have been in the community for a very long time, like we're talking like 15, 20, 30, whatever years. Mm-hmm will look at someone who's been doing it for 30 days with a, with that lens and not, and they'll look at a 30 day knitter with that lens of a 30 year knitter and go like, well, you're using terrible yarn. 
though I would never use those needles and like your posture's poor and like your technique is crap and blah 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 blah. And like I and I say that because like I've been to some some knitting groups where like they're doing that. Like like there's one there's one way to be like if you see someone like starting, right? And they're maybe like making a mistake that you made when you started. And you're just like, hey, listen, when I started, I also you like used to crouch like like Gollum in Lord of the Rings. I love that you are using Lord of the Rings references appropriately. Just now. for you. It just, makes me so happy. I'm just doing it for you. <laughs> anyway, so you just just crouching and like, you know, like my precious. And like like, like just a little a, gremlin. Yeah. Little gremlin. Yeah. And then, you know, like, no, you got to like sit back so that you can do this for the long term and like relax your shoulders and like, ah. <sighs> You know, like I can understand doing that. And then I, and then the, but like to go into that judgment route is so weird to me because it's like, like you said, like you want people to continue. Yeah. Um, and I don't see it as competitive. Like, cause some people do that, go that route too. You know, there's, there's, I think there is a lot of, um, of competitiveness where there doesn't need to be. And, and I don't think that's just specifically to, to knitting or to the fiber arts. I think that's in everything is that you, you sometimes do get people who are insecure and they feel that others, you know, if, if others take up the craft that they are encroaching on their space and it's ridiculous because there's room for everybody in, in everything. I mean, um, somebody else becoming a knitter doesn't take anything away from you becoming a knitter. But there are people who have that very insecure mindset of, well, this is my thing, mine, you know, like Gollum, just mine. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, and they, you know, they can get really um, judgmental or passive aggressive. And that can really be a turnoff, um, especially to somebody who is new and also insecure thinking, you know, oh, well, if I'm not doing it well, then this must not be for me when really it's just, you haven't been doing it very long and nobody's perfect on the first shot. Also, as far as I'm concerned, I don't care how long you've been working on a craft. I don't care how long you've been knitting, painting, crocheting, weaving, spinning, you name it. I don't care if you're working on a craft, you're always learning. Oh, absolutely. We are all still learning. Oh, I, I, yeah, that is another thing that kind of grinds my gears too is the the idea that someone who is new at it couldn't necessarily be amazing at it. Like I remember there was this, there was a college student. She had been knitting two or three years and she was phenomenal. Like doing, doing like stuff that I wasn't even doing. And I had been already in it for a a, a decade at that point. Like just, just totally blowing my mind with like her color choices and blah, blah, blah. And at no point did I sit there and go, well, pshaw. No, instead I sat there and I went, okay, like you obviously learned that quickly. So can you please t- teach me your ways? <laughs> like, that's like exactly my mindset. Instead of being like this, you know, judge, 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 competition, competition, competition. Because at the end of the day, like we all knit the same stitches, right? But yes. somehow it all comes out differently. Yep. Like I, there are certain people on like on social media and stuff and even our stuff, I can look and I know it's Jess's. I can look and I know it's Meg's. Yeah. I can look and I know it's yours. Like everybody has kind of their own expressive way 
of how they pick colors, how they pick patterns, how they like do their thing. So it's like how you can look at a painting and know yeah. that it's a Degas or something. Yeah. Well, that's how it should be looked at in general is that art, that artistry. I think people forget about the art part of fiber art. No. Like they just think about the fiber. They don't think about the art. There's art. It is art. Yeah. So like I can understand how someone like you who does phenomenal sketching and drawing could then translate that into uh, the fiber world because it's the same idea. It's the same creative aspect. It's just a different medium. Yeah. And I think that's why Jess is so like 8,000 crafts that she can do because it's, <laughs> you know, cause it's, you, it is, it's that same creative mindset is definitely there. So, and everybody's got a different way of looking at it for sure. Which is why I don't think that anybody should be putting someone else down or even yourself down. I think it, it, it makes me sad. A lot of times. There's a lot of negativity in, in just crafting in general. I have noticed that a lot of times um, the negativity will come from people that consider themselves more practical and they consider arts or hobbies that are making you a mint as a waste of time. Um, And again, that a lot is a more reflection on them because they are, how can you find joy in something if all you are ever doing is searching for the thing to make you money? Like the search for more money. (laughs) You need to take a break and just do something for your own self. It's the capitalists. It's the capitalists. They're here. <laughs> They're here. <laughs> it's like- In a lot of cases, it's like you see that. And it is from people that are just deeply rooted in this, like, oh, it's all about the hustle. And it's like, okay, but this is a different type of hustle. Like, this is a, I need to get some mental cash here. I need some more spoons. And... This is how I get them. Yeah, it's definitely like we've brought up hustle a couple times in the last few episodes. And I think it's there is a very distinct difference between people who approach life as something to receive and people who approach life as something to take, if that makes sense. So like people who are approaching it to take, they're like, I want to. I want to take as much money as I can. It's, like, it's, as about, it's about the game. It's about the game. Yeah. yeah. It's about how much can I get? I yeah. want to get it, get it, get it. And I want to get money. I want to get, I want to get. I want the accolades. I want, I, I want, want the fame the and the cars and the houses and the blah. And then there's like the people who want to receive from life, which is different from getting things. It is like when you want to appreciate the things around you. It is when you want to, um, you're the thing, the way that you get energy is not from achieving these materialistic goals, but uh, finding enlightenment in various different ways of expressing yourself. Like it's not about anybody else. It is about you experiencing life and receiving what life and ultimately destiny has for you. Put that on a mug. <laughs> yeah, well, it will fit, you know. <laughs> I know. I'm so I'm so winded. I can't. I can never get concise. You no, know, the mug should just be like the TLDR. Live your life. <laughs> Live your life. Find, Find your, your joy. joy. Find your joy. <laughs> Find your joy. <laughs> 
but there it is. Now we need to find your joy with TLDR on the top of it. Speech in tiny, tiny print. And then on the other side, in big thing, TLDR, find your joy. Oh my gosh. All right, I'm on it. But it does it, it that it perpetuates throughout your whole life. Because it will perpetuate the way that you handle your career. It will perpetuate the way that you view politics. It will perpetuate the way that you view other people. Because that, whatever that is, it's almost like a core value. Like, what do you value out of life? And and I, I think, and I say that being as somebody who I feel like for a large part of my life, I was definitely in the materialistic side. My goal was I'm going to make this much money a year. I'm going to have this kind of house. I'm going to have this, this, this. And and I thought that that would give me happiness. But then I got all those things. It just gives you stuff. And then I was like, huh, I'm not happy. (laughs) Why am I not happy? (laughs) I felt secure. I felt, you know, that's great. You know, you feel like secure, like you, you did great at your job, but, but then like you look back and you go like, what did I, what did I receive though? Like, my soul, my soul was empty. So it was like, okay, all right, that's enough of that. And I, now it's like, nope, I'm not going to do that. Now now I'm like shifting that mindset to like, how could I like just receive from what life is going to give me rather than like demand what I need? By giving back to new knitters and hyping them up when they're feeling down about themselves. Dude, I already told your friend like, or I told you to tell your friend that like if they need part of my stash to do some like actual knitting for like treats and yarn. Yeah. <laughs> and I say that offering me Andrea because I didn't speak to Mega Jess about this. Um, <laughs> if they need to offer, you know, I will I will work for delicious sweet treats, um, a savory meal, and or fiber. Well, if you would like a happy ending to that particular story, um, my coworker submitted honest feedback to where she was taking the classes and the subsequent class the following week was actually much better. Oh, so, that's, good. that's good. Same that person? Good. Same person. Yeah. Oh, well, that's good. They grew. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Or they had a good talking to. Either yeah. way. <laughs> Well, honestly, that is a sign of a of a good teacher that is willing Taking, to yeah to no. take criticism and grow from it instead of pushing back. I I think negativity in any kind of arts is um, not helpful, even whether it's like self negativity or outside negativity. Sometimes I think it does help you grow, but um, you shouldn't have to grow in spite of something. You should just grow because you wanna. No, and that's true, and that's the ideal, but I do feel like, in a way, you kind of can't avoid it. I am my worst critic. I am my uh, own worst same, critic. Same. It's, it is it is terrible, and I know I'm super hard on myself, and I will look at something and be like, this is god-awful. I can't show this to anyone. Like, I enjoy doing it, but I don't want to show anybody because it's terrible. And um, a lot of times in those cases, it's like I'll kind of put it away, and if I come back to it, sometimes I'll be like, oh, actually, okay. 
I do kind of like this now that I've had some time. So that's the big thing they always tell you. Step away from your work for a little bit and then look back at it because you won't see as many of the flaws right away. But sometimes I still see the flaws and sometimes it's just one of those things where it's like, take a chance, show people that you trust at the very least because even getting most of the time, like I would say if, so long as they're like, you know, good friends and all that, they'll at least give you positives about it so you can feel a little better that way. Um, constructive feedback too. constructive feedback is good uh be careful about just posting it anywhere because you will get trolls even if it is amazing you will always find people being like i could do that in my sleep you always got to be careful of that and take stuff like that with a grain of salt um a big thing and it's like it is if you have like the imposter syndrome thing that i do do a lot too and then to a degree i like to embrace that and be like yeah, but I'm a good damn imposter. No one's going to catch me. <laughs> no one knows. No one knows that I have no idea what the <laughs> f I'm doing. Nobody knows. I'm awesome. I also have a little bit of imposter syndrome sometimes. Like sometimes I'll look at projects that I have obviously made and I'm like, I didn't do that. I can't, I can't make a sweater. I can't do that. That's not mine. Well, see, not even that. Mine is like, this is I don't know why people are saying this is good. They're wrong. Oh, <laughs> no, I never do that. Um, I am the soundbite that is like, look at this. This came from my hands. Like, that's me. Afterwards. Yeah. It's the, pre the before that talks you out of doing it in the first place. That's what... Yeah. The imposter... Yeah. Yeah. You. Sometimes yeah. I'll tell myself that I can't do that. And then I'll do it. And then I'll be like, hella proud of myself. And impressed. I am my biggest fan. <laughs> we all know that. <laughs> you know what? That's good, though. <laughs> if, if, good. if nothing else, I am my own hype man, okay? I'll hype, hype, I'll hype you every time. <laughs> I think we all will. <laughs> so I've, I've actually struggled a lot. Um, and a, a big part of that has always been, um, you know, just what, what I discovered last year was obsessive compulsive disorder um and perfectionism if i can't do it exactly right then i shouldn't be doing it in the first place and i know you know in the back of my head i i know that that is wrong and i have a very easy time telling other people that that is wrong but i struggle with myself a lot if i if i feel that i cannot do it exactly the way that it should be done my brain is just firing off over and over again you should not be doing this. This you're not good at it. Um, and that has been a, a huge struggle in, in my entire knitting experience to fight past the, the voice that tells me that if I'm not perfect, I shouldn't do it. It's taken me a long time to get to where I'm at now where I do try new things. And I, I do, you know, embrace making mistakes and, and ripping back. And honestly, last year, it was kind of that you know, we all laughed about it when I was working on Dark Academia and I made a mistake um, in the sweater. The, I, the single stitch that was the, the different color. Yep. The single stitch. Um, and, you know, three years ago, that single stitch would have sent me just completely spiraling and I would have put it into a bag and I would never have taken it out again. And I just kind of laughed and was like, womp womp all right, time to get a crochet hook and go back <laughs> 13 rows of color work. Um, and it took me like 10 minutes. And I was honestly really proud of myself that I, I did that because 
I did feel like there's some, some conscious personal growth there that instead of kind of spiraling down and being like, you suck. I can't believe you did that. Like, how dare you make a very common mistake of using the wrong color. Um, but like I said, the five stages of grief, um, (laughs) I go through all of them with my knitting. So, um, you know, as much as I hate the idea and, and I would hate it in other people. Um, but I've kind of had to try to learn to live with it in myself and try to kind of work past it and focus on all of the things that I can do and all that I have done that tells me that, you know what, I am a pretty good knitter and I've done a lot of really good things. And one little mistake or even one big mistake, one project ending mistake does not negate all of those things that I have done, that we all make mistakes in the great scheme of everything. They don't matter. That's not the sum of all of our parts. I'm clapping because I think that's really good personal growth. (laughs) I, you know, I'm working on it. I'm a work in progress. I think we all are to an extent. And we're, you know, even if, if you are somebody that has great confidence in your art and good for you, like that is wonderful. Um, we are all growing every single day. And you, if, if you are already a person that is super confident in your craft and your art, um, then you are like way ahead of the game and you're just going to keep getting better. And that's, that's spectacular. Last thing I want to add is I have always grown up with my father saying, I may not always be right, but I am never wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I have always translated that to everything is you may make a ton of mistakes, but so long as you take something away from that and learn from it, then it is a learning experience and not a full mistake. As long as you take something away from it, you are gaining something out of that experience. Yeah. Uh, no mistakes, only happy little trees. Oh, happy little trees. Yeah. Happy accidents. Happy, happy accidents. And that's all the time we have for this week. For additional content and opportunities to connect with the cast, be sure to check out our Patreon or our website at partofmystash.com. And remember to tune in next week for more tips, nits, and wits at Part of my stash.